0: Soul, the Lord is on thy side with patience, bear thy cross of grief or pain. I promise you. Not the person sitting next to you but you that wherever you are in the world wherever you are on the covenant path even if at this moment you are not centered on the path I promise you that if you will sincerely and persistently do the spiritual work needed to develop the crucial spiritual skill of learning how to hear the whisperings of the Holy Ghost You will have all the directions you will ever need in your life. to LDS Real People Real Lives podcast. We are back here in 2022 for a brand new year. This is Stephanie Colvin. I am your host coming to you from Southern California here in Ventura. And thanks for joining us. And if you're new, welcome. How often do you find yourself in the gospel of Jesus Christ realizing that you need to remain consistent in doing the things that are of good report, the things that are gonna keep you steady and hopeful and rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have found myself struggling with the maintenance of my faith and keeping it steady to deal with the inevitable bumps in the road, the mountains that will present themselves And dealing with the consequences of my choices and decisions. You know, when we talk about being a disciple of Jesus Christ, that means that we have a mighty change of heart. And as I look at my discipleship, I've had this change. And it continues to change. And it continues to change and evolve and morph into this What I hope and what my desire is, is to be a devoted worshiper and disciple of my loving Redeemer and Savior. But as a human being, can I keep that steady? Is this going to truly be a linear experience or is it going to be fluid? Is it going to have its ups and downs, its hills and valleys, its mountains and meadows? It certainly is. And this is why this talk by... Elder Eduardo Gavaret of the 70, I hope I'm saying his last name correctly, he gave a talk on Saturday of the April 2022 conference called I'm A Mighty Change of Heart. I have nothing more to give you. And this talk just really struck me because how often do our hearts need to change in order to align with our Heavenly Father and with our Savior Jesus Christ, who we have become His. He too is our Father. We have been born of Him because of His great sacrifice and love. Through the bloodshed and all that He's done for us, He has to become our Father. So this continued change of heart that needs to happen to keep us focused and steady, this change of heart is not an event It takes faith, repentance, and constant spiritual work to happen. And oh, Elder Gavret, you are so spot on. And this is what I love about the people that work in the Lord's kingdom. They have had that mighty change of heart, and they serve the Lord, and you can just feel it. You can feel it when you read their words in an app. You can feel it when they're talking. You can feel it when you're watching their talk months, even years after they've given your talk, their talk, because the words of the Lord are like living water. It will always nourish and strengthen us. How often have we found ourselves in the sea of life floating around in our boats Our ships, sometimes I feel like I'm in a lifeboat just floating around and the compass is just spinning with no direction. And I know I can't be the only one. I look around me and if you just notice everything that's going on in the world, doesn't it seem that everything is set up to create anarchy and chaos? That is something that I focus on, unfortunately, because life is so hard, and I think a lot of people are really kind of feeling that, especially after these last couple of years. But we know from the leaders of this church and our teachers and those who serve the Lord that share their testimonies, their faith, and all of their spiritual impressions that they have been given to share with the people of the Lord in His chosen church the one and only, the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. We are so blessed to have them to lead and guide us here. And when I choose to look to the good resources that we have to help remind me of the most important things that are going to strengthen me and help give me a portion of the grace that is offered to me and to everyone here on earth, <sighs> I just need to tap into that more often and stop leaning onto my own understanding. It's that leaning into my own understanding that I really, really struggle and it always amazes me those who are so prideful and think that they know everything and that these things that are so much out of our control that somehow they control them, that somehow with their abilities and their intellect and maybe, I don't know, the resources, the people they know that they know more than God. And I've been guilty of this too, especially because I'm the one that's living this. I'm the one that's walking this path, but we have to be so careful And remember who our Heavenly Father is, His character. He's God. Christ is God. And we're not ever going to know more than them, especially while we're here on earth. And it's okay. You know, we're sent here to learn how to live by faith. And faith is the ability to learn enough to take the next step into the unknown, the most uncomfortable areas of our lives with confidence in the lord and that is so hard it's hard for me to do too but it's worth it and it's always going to be the right answer so i wanted to share a story um from this talk elder gavaret says that on october 28th 1588 there was a ship that lost its rudder And The ship was called, I believe, La Llorona, belonging to the Great Spanish Armada, and it collided with rocks in Northern Ireland. So, of course, the ship capsized, and one of the castaways, struggling to survive, had worn a gold ring that was given to him a few months earlier by his wife, and on that gold ring was an inscription that said, or read, I have nothing more to give you. I have nothing more to give you a phrase and a ring with the design of a hand holding a heart, an expression of love from a wife to her husband. He goes on to say that the deep impression that was made upon him was a request, a thought that came to him of a request that the savior had made. And it says, and ye shall offer for a sacrifice unto me, a broken heart and a contrite spirit. He says, he also recalled the people's reaction to King Benjamin's words, which were, yea, we believe all the words which thou hast spoken unto us, which has wrought a mighty change in us or in our hearts, that we have no more disposition to do evil, but to do good continually. Do you remember those spiritual moments? Do you recall those times where the spirit just wrought a mighty change in your life? in your person, in your heart, and you felt it and you knew it was good and it was right, make sure you keep track of those experiences and write them down. Because when you have those inevitable moments in your life when your faith may teeter a little bit or a lot of bit, it's going to be recalling those very personal experiences that are going to re-energize you and keep you in the game, keep you on that path. So he goes on to share a personal experience. He talks about when he was 12 years old, there was a day in his life that affected him and stayed with him for a very long time. His mom had asked him about attending church one day, and he says, Mom, I'm going to stay with Dad today. And she says, are you sure you have to attend your priesthood quorum meeting? And he replies, poor dad, he's going to be left all alone. I'm going to stay with him today. His father was not a member, but his mother and sisters and himself were. He goes on to say that uh, his mother's sisters went to Sunday meetings. So he went to his dad who was working in his workshop and he loved to spend time in his workshop on Sundays. And He went to go visit his dad. He checked on him, asked if everything was okay. His dad, of course, said yes. And um, what his dad was doing is he liked, he had a hobby of repairing radios and clocks. So he enjoyed tinkering on Sundays in his shop. So after he checks on his father, he um, he tells his dad that he's going to play with some friends. And his dad looks up and says, hey, today is Sunday. Aren't you supposed to go to church? And this little boy, this elder, this little boy recalling the story says, yes, but today I told mom I wouldn't go. So dad went on about his business. And for this elder as a little boy to him, that was permission to leave. So that morning there was an important soccer game. Uh, His friends had told him that he couldn't miss it because they had to win the game and they needed him. So the challenge, of course, was to pass in front of the chapel to get to the soccer field. You see, on his way to go play the game, he had to get past the church and the many eyes that could potentially see him. But he was determined. He was determined to get to that soccer game. He was determined to help his friends. And he was determined to play that day, even though he knew he should have been in that chapel with his family. So he dashed towards the soccer field, stopped before the great stumbling block, which was, of course, the chapel. He ran to the opposite sidewalk where there were some big trees. And he decided to run between them so that no one would see him since it was the time that the members were arriving at the meeting. So he was dashing from one tree to the next for cover. He arrived at the soccer game just in time as it was starting and he was able to play. He was even able to play go home before his mom and his sisters got home. So they would have no clue as to what he was doing. Everything had gone great. The team had won. He was absolutely thrilled and exhilarated. But that well-executed run onto the field did not go unnoticed by none other than his deacon's quorum advisor. His deacon's quorum advisor was Brother Felix Espinoza, and he had seen him running quickly from tree to tree, trying not to be discovered. So at the beginning of the week, Brother Espinoza had come to this young elder's house and asked to speak with him. He didn't say anything about what he had seen on Sunday, nor did he ask why he had missed his meetings. He just handed him a manual and said, I would like you to teach the priesthood class on Sunday. I have marked the lesson for you. It's not so difficult and I want you to read it and I will come by in two days to help you with the preparation for the lesson. Having said this, he then handed the manual to the little boy and left. And, of course, this elder expresses how he felt at that time. He did not want to teach this class, but he couldn't bring himself to say no. He had planned that Sunday to stay home with his father again, meaning that there was another important soccer game that he did not want to miss. And Brother Espinoza was a person whom the young people admired, so it was really, really hard for this young man, to tell him no. As a matter of fact, Brother Espinoza was a convert. He had found the restored gospel and changed his life, or in other words, he had changed his heart. He aligned his heart with the Lord. When Saturday afternoon came, he thought, well, maybe tomorrow I'll wake up sick and I won't have to go to church. It wasn't the soccer game that worried him anymore. It was the class that he had to teach, especially a lesson about keeping the Sabbath day holy. When we know the prior Sunday, that's exactly the opposite of what happened. So Sunday came, the little boy woke up and he woke up healthier than ever. There was no excuse, no escape. And it was the first time that he would teach a lesson. But the deacon's quorum advisor, Brother Espinosa, was there by his side. And that was the day of a mighty change of heart for this elder. And he remembers it vividly from that moment on. He says, I began to keep the Sabbath day holy and over time. in the words of President Russell M. Nelson, the Sabbath day has become a delight. He says, Lord, I give you everything and I have nothing more to give you. Where do you fall on that scale of giving the Lord everything and giving him nothing Right now, my life, as it is, the constant traveling, I am gone all, pretty much every weekend, and there's a lot going on. Um, If you've been a long-time listener, you know that we have elderly parents, both my husband and myself, and so I'm traveling to hopefully be able to help them and care for them and stay on top of their needs the best that I can because we all don't live in the same city, so it's been very, very difficult. Missing church is hard. It's hard on us. It's hard on our our lives. It's hard on our daily living. It's just hard on our spirits. We really miss it. And we miss it tremendously. Um, We have to work very hard at remaining active and all in. uh, Because we cannot attend church right now. And I just keep telling myself it's just this moment in time. And I'll be able to get back. I am someone that has to be there every Sunday. I get what they teach about Sabbath day and keeping it holy. I understand that I need to go and spend time with people who believe as Christ does, who believe as I do. I need that nourishment and edification. I need that recharge. Um... And it's through doing these things like keeping the Sabbath day holy, having family home evening, doing your daily scripture studying, and putting these efforts in that you're rewarded perfectly with steady faith and remaining committed to the Lord. So how do we obtain, uh, attain a mighty change of heart? It is initiated and it eventually occurs when three things happen. So the first thing that we need to do is, as mentioned before, is we've got to study the scriptures. We have to obtain the knowledge that will strengthen our faith in Jesus Christ, which will create a desire to change. It is because we desire to be like Christ through that simple desire and then following up with actions of faith and devotion and discipleship that we can nurture and have that change of heart. Number two. To obtain a mighty change of heart. Is that we need to cultivate that desire through prayer and fasting. Oftentimes, when I say my prayers. I ask Heavenly Father to help me to always have righteous desires. To keep me in the right path. To keep me where I need to be. In order to survive my life. In order to uh, enjoy my life. In order to find happiness. As much as I find The opposite in my life. I wish I was somebody who I am pretty optimistic. Um, I think I like to think I'm a positive person, but, um, I do struggle with some negativity as I think we all do. And so I'm always looking to write my heart and my mind with the Lord cultivating that desire, righteous desires, especially to have a change of heart. Prayer is powerful and fasting only ramps up that power. And we're we're blessed to have that to help ourselves, to bless our families and those that we know through the power of fasting and, of course, prayer. The third thing that we can do to obtain a change of heart is when we act according to the word studied or received and we make a covenant to surrender our hearts to him, just as with King Benjamin's people. When we desire to give it all up to God. When we say, you know what, that's it. I'm all in. And I am not doing anything contrary other than what the gospel teaches. This is the moment where things truly open. Now you have eyes to see and ears to hear. Um, And you're going to see and hear exponentially greater than you have before. Because the desire is there and the Lord knows. He knows our hearts. He knows your heart and mine and he blesses us for it. So how do we know that our heart is changing? There are five things in this particular talk that he points out. So to know that your heart is changing, number one, when we want to please God in all things. Two, when we treat others with love, respect, and consideration. Three, when we see that the attributes of Christ are becoming part of our character. And four, when we feel the guidance of the Holy Spirit more constantly. And number five, when we keep a commandment that has been difficult for us to obey and then continue to live it. Have you had experiences with any of these? The blessings of sticking to it of nurturing that change of heart, of continuing that path. We know that when the Holy Ghost testifies to us, when we feel the guidance of the Holy Spirit more constantly, we feel closer to the Savior. When we keep a commandment that's been difficult for us to obey and live it, we are blessed beyond words and imagination. When we see the attributes of Jesus Christ, that they are becoming a part of our character and our nature. And do we love and respect and are we considerate of others? Do we look to please the Lord in all things? This always takes me back to the story of Joseph Smith when they had the manuscript and he had given it to, um, (sighs) The name escapes me. I know you guys are listening to me and you're yelling at the, <laughs> the name escapes me right now. But, um, he had taken the manuscript home to show his wife and he had immediately lost it and it just ate him up. Um, he, he. Joseph, unfortunately, after this person kept asking and asking and asking, he wore Joseph down. And Joseph and his desire, I can only imagine how much he wanted to give this brother his request. He wanted to grant Um, the closeness in their relationship, I can imagine And I know that I would feel that I would want to grant that request as well. But we have to remember in these matters that we want to live to please the Lord, to put him first and above all others in our life. And when we do that, everything just falls into place. Your life becomes prioritized as it needs be. Lord, I give you everything and I have nothing more to give you. So how do we maintain this mighty change of heart? Um, What I love about the talks lately that we've been getting from conference is that they're talking about the doctrine and principles and then the application thereof. And this is one of the reasons, biggest reasons why I started this podcast was to help those that are out there that are struggling and how to use the gospel to rectify and reconcile the heart in their life. And they're teaching us so plainly on how to do this. So how do we maintain the mighty change of heart? There are three things that we can do that will help us. And this is great news. Number one, when we partake of the sacrament weekly and renew the covenant to take upon us the name of Christ, to always remember him and keep his commandments. This will help us maintain our mighty change of heart. Two, when we turn our lives toward the temple and we focus on Regular temple attendance. This will help us maintain a new and renewed heart as we participate in the ordinances. And the last one is when we love and serve our neighbors by ministering activities and missionary work. These are the three ways that we can maintain a mighty change of heart. And if you notice, all three ways we're always looking beyond ourselves. There is a great joy that comes with living the gospel and following these teachings. And in that joy, there is an interchange of strength and that spreads and abounds in good works. This mighty change of heart brings us a feeling of freedom, trust, and peace. And this is what I have felt as I focus on the Savior in my life because everything around us is truly chaotic. But when we focus on the Savior and we nurture that change of heart that we had at that one point or several points in our lives, we truly are free. We're free from worry and stress. We're free from the consequences of worry and stress. And we're given in place of that freedom, trust, and peace in the Lord. This change of heart is not an event. It takes faith. It takes repentance, and it takes constant spiritual work to happen. It begins when we desire to submit our will to the Lord, and then it materializes when we enter into and keep covenants with Him. And that individual action has a positive effect both on us and on the people around us. In the words of the prophet, President Russell M. Nelson, he says, quote, Imagine how quickly the devastating conflicts throughout the world and those in our individual lives would be resolved if we all chose to follow Jesus Christ and to heed his teachings, End quote. It's so true. This action of following the Savior's teachings leads to a mighty change of heart. And we want to be that change out in the world. We want to give good. We want there to be good in the world. And so we need to focus on that. He goes on to say, For those who have not yet joined the Lord's Restored Church, I invite you to listen to the missionaries with a sincere desire to know what God expects of you and experience that inner transformation. God is going to be asking us when we return what did you do to help my kingdom move forward across the earth and what will you say today is the day to decide to follow the lord jesus christ lord i give you my heart and i have nothing more to give you <clears throat> this is where i stand today lord i give you my heart i will be on the errand Help me to hear thee. Help me to be thy hands and to do thy work, that I can do the things that are going to nourish and strengthen that mighty change of heart and keep me squarely where I need to be, that I might make it home even during the midst of the raging seas of this life and the seas are raging. But just remember as he walked out, across that water during stormy seas those stormy seas did not touch christ he could still walk with calm assurance across that water and we can trust in him and have faith in him always Thank you so much for joining us this week. And again, if you have any questions, topics, anything you want to share, hear about, um, we're here to help. Please do not forget about Spiritual Crusade. You can download the app at, spiritual, at app.spiritualcrusade.com or you can go to spiritualcrusade.com on the internet and find the information there. Um, but again, we're here to help and hopefully uplift and edify and nourish your faith and help that faith foundation grow. Please remember to stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay faithful and remember to be kind. For everyone you meet is fighting a battle, a very hard battle. Until next week, next time, God bless, much love, and aloha.